This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, August 12, 2012. Toy Box Teachings, Magic 8-Ball. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so today, again, we uh, look at some basic principles that we are reminded of through the things we played with as kids as we continue our series, Toy Box Teachings. Today, our focus, as you probably have guessed, is on the Magic 8-Ball. Good morning, Connection Church. It's great to worship with you this morning. This is a place where we seek to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. My name is Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today and all days. And God, we come with a lot of different things on our heart. Some of us, you know, probably most of us have one challenge or struggle or another. And um, God, we ask for you to meet us right where we are. And we thank you for that. And now, Lord, open us up. Guide our thoughts. Help us grow. We pray that we'll be a little bit different when we leave than when we came in this morning. We give this time to you in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Magic 8-Ball. Did any of you use play with one of these as a kid? Yeah, okay. Kind of fun, isn't it? You, You know, you shake it up as you're asking a question. And then you'd wait for that answer to mysteriously appear in the murky murky blue liquid. Yeah. Answer would come from, there's 20 different answers in here. You know, things like... uh, I have a question. Okay, question. Okay. Why don't we try and see how it works here? Okay. Okay. Will we have a... Will we receive an inheritance? Large? Large. Real large? Actually, I'd take a small one. A small inheritance. All right, if we're going to go, let's go. A big inheritance. Outlook not so good. All right, you ask a question. This is my chance. This is my chance. Okay, I got it. I got it. Will I ever be one of the main singers with the praise team? Reply hazy. Try again. Come on. <laughs> i got to get an answer to this thing. Reply hazy. Try again. <laughs> One yeah, more. Yeah. One more. Will you always love me? Oh. <laughs> I don't think I want to stop shaking on, on that one. <laughs> Reply hazy. <laughs> no, it really said without a doubt. Aww. Thank you, Magic 8-Ball. Oh. You know, um, we had some fun with it, and I probably did as kids. We don't really take these answers. I hope not. <laughs> don't take these answers seriously, do we? It's a, it's a toy. It's a, it's a play thing, right? Yeah. 
Don't anyway. you wish, though, sometimes, don't you just wish that you had a magic eight ball that you could shake and get the right answer that you need right at the time, get that answer that actually is true? Don't we wish we had an, an honest magic eight ball that gave us answers that we could rely on? Mm. Well, the truth is we don't, do we? We don't have a magic eight ball that actually gives us the real honest-to-goodness answer. But the, the cool thing is we have something even better. We have God in the person of Jesus Christ, and that's much better than any magic eight ball. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, last week we talked about um, something called the Sermon on the Mount. It's, um, it's chapters 5 through 7 in the book of Matthew, where Jesus is on a mountainside sharing just basic uh, faith principles, basic life principles with a with uh, crowd that's gathered there listening to, you know, hanging on his every word. And, and, and right there in chapter 7, verses 7 through 12, Jesus tells us to see our answers not through the magic eight ball, but through him. Not through the eight ball, but he is where we will get our answers. Here's what he says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him, to the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Say the rest with me. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So it all boils down to the ask. A-S-K. A stands for ask. S stands for seek. And K stands for knock. But a magic eight ball, you know, wouldn't it be still be easier? Because, you know, when we shake it, it comes up through that murky liquid. There's a definite answer. Sometimes it's maybe, but it's still definite. When we talk to God, when we seek, oftentimes we don't get like an email where it's printed out or a verbal right in our ear. This is it, Alan. Boom, 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 boom. You with me? And, and, and um, uh, even though the answer right there might be maybe, it's still maybe rather than what, what, what? How do we know God's answer when we pray? I mean, come on. It's not like it's written out or anything. What, how do we know? The challenge with asking, seeking, and knocking is that we really need to be in a relationship with Jesus in order to know. It's all about relationship. We have to be in communication with God. Yes, communication in prayer. Not only sharing with God the desires and the cares and the worries and the concerns of our heart, but listening to the leadings from God to truly seek God's direction. And how do we know what God's direction is if we don't know what God says? This is the starting point. We need to read God's word in order to know. 
Now, sometimes we ask, seek, and knock, and we get an answer that's not from God at all. That's, that's a little bit um, hard because when we're familiar with God and we think that God's speaking to us in some kind of way, but the answer, you know, it could be disguised by the one who wants to trip us up, by the one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy our lives and our joy. And so it's important to know what God says so that we're not deceived by Satan. We've got to know what's in here. So the question is, how do we discern the difference? Back in the 1700s, there was a guy named John Wesley. He was an Anglican priest in England. And, um, and he uh, had a, formed a movement called the Methodist Movement. And in fact, Methodism was a, a term of derision because he and his brother and some others, when they were at Oxford uh, studying, methodically studied the scriptures. And so methodically that their classmates said, oh, they're just Methodists. They methodically studied. And it was, uh, they made fun of them for so b- reading the Bible so carefully. Well, John Wesley, as I said, there was a movement uh, within the Anglican Church. And that movement in our country, when it came to our country, is known as the Methodist Church. We call it the United Methodist Church today. And Connection Community Church is part of the United Methodist Church denomination here in the United States. All that being said, uh, Wesley, in his Bible reading, uh, always sought truth, always sought God's direction, always sought what, where God would be leading. And, 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 the, and, and he had a, a particular um, way of looking at that called the Wesley Quadrilateral. And you'll see why, because there's four parts to it. Our Methodist uh, Book of Discipline, which is kind of our rule book that comes after Scripture, of course, but kind of directs how we do things within the, in the church there. It describes Wesley's belief in this way. It says, Wesley believed that the living core of the Christian faith was revealed in Scripture. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But then he went on to say, it goes on to say, it was illumined by tradition. It was brought to life through personal experience, and it was confirmed by reason. Start with Scripture. Uh, brought to light by tradition, brought to life through personal experience, and then confirmed with our brains. Scripture always is primary, revealing the Word of God as far as it is necessary for our salvation. So here's what the quadrilateral looks like. So, first of all, when we're praying and when we are seeking direction in our lives, which needs to be all the time, but Scripture is our first source. Scripture is our primary source. I really don't like how these, um, you know, the quadrilateral, it's like equal squares, but it's really not equal at all because Scripture is primary. But when we are seeking an answer and we receive some kind of a nudge or a leading, so we need to see what the Bible says about that answer. And then we lay it beside tradition. You know, God was, is, and always will be. God has worked throughout history, throughout the church. And so it's what we're hearing. Does it line up with that which we know from, from the past? And then we also need to say, well, what is our experience with God or experience of someone else whom we consider walking with God? Does it line up? Does that answer all line up together? And we also need to use our our heads. God's given us a brain to reason. 
And so when we're struggling with, with, is that really God? Then we do have a tool where, first of all, you know, consult and know what the word of God says. But also we can kind of see if the other things line up to the word. And, And if they do, if they do, we can feel pretty confident that it is indeed a nudge or a leading from God. You know, often our challenge isn't that um, the answer we get isn't from God. That's not our greatest challenge. Our, our, our real challenge is that we don't like the answer God's given us. Can I get an amen to that? Good. I want to make sure I wasn't the only one that was in that, in that category there. We don't like the answer God's given us. That's when we really like this magic eight ball because we shake it. And when we don't get the answer we want, what did we do? You remember, you're like 14. Does Mary like me? Keep dreaming. Not likely. Sooner or later, if you shook it enough. I was 15, so that's not... I have never known a Mary in my life. I've made that name up for purposes today. And finally, you'd you'd finally get your yes if you shook it long enough, right? And that's why that magic eight ball. But, you know, that's not how it works with God, is it? We say God, and God gives us the answer, and, and we don't like the answer God gives us. So, as Alan says, we do just keep seeking and looking for an answer that that we like. Ask, seek, knock. God does answer, but we don't like that answer. So we keep trying to negotiate, to bargain, to beg for the answer that we want from God. Yeah. Example, um, a guy named Gideon. Anybody heard of Gideon from the Old Testament? Chapter 6 of the book of Judges. Gideon is so funny. He's, he's such a weenie. He is. Wow. He's, he's, check it out. He's threshing wheat, which means you've got to throw it up in the air to let the wind separate it. And he's in a wine press, which is a wall about that high. So he's hiding, trying to thresh wheat in a wine. Because the Midianites are there. They're invading his country, Israel. And, and he's afraid. And what's hilarious is God comes to him and says... Mighty warrior. I'm sure he's going, oh, me. And, and God tells him he's going to lead the Israelites into victory. He says, you got this wrong, man. I mean, I'm the weakest of the weakest. My tribe is the weakest. And, I'm, and, and, and he says, if this is so, prove to me that you're God. Just what we're talking about, right? Prove to me that you're God. And, 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 and he puts out some meat and some, uh, uh, some bread or whatever. And God brings fire right out of the stone there and psh, consumes it. Wow. You would think that maybe that would impress him pretty good. Later on, he tells him that he's going to lead the army and they're going to be victorious. And he says, I need a sign, God. He says, I'm going to put this fleece out tonight. And you make the dew be on the fleece, but nowhere else. The ground's going to be dry, but dew's going to be on the fleece. Next morning, guess what? Dew on the fleece, ground's dry. Does, does he say, yes, Lord, thank you? No, he says, I hate to bother you, God, but let me just make sure it's you. Can we flip that around? Tonight, make the fleece be dry and the ground around it. Come on, Gideon. How, how, but isn't that like us? God gives us the sign we ask for. We say, can you give me another sign? 
In fact, there is a cartoon of that. It's a BC cartoon. God, if you're up there, give me a sign. Boom! There's the sign. But we tend to ask for a different one. And, And that's true for the disciples, too, because they walked with Jesus. They saw miracles. They saw transformation. You know, the blind man saw the thousands of people were fed with, you know, a couple loaves and fish. You know, the... There was healings galore, and they still questioned God, didn't they? They just didn't even believe at the end, hardly, that God was the really son of God and God was the God of miracles. So, mm. you know, we're like the disciples. We, too, want different answers. Or diff- you know, we have questions, and um, we're no different than we're never they satisfied. It's like the guy who falls off the cliff. Maybe you've heard this story. Falls off the cliff, and he happens to grab the only branch coming out of the side of that cliff. I mean, it's a long fall. It's, it's deadly. So he's hanging there. He doesn't know what to do. So finally he screams out, Is anybody up there? And he hears this voice. And for me, it's always a deep, booming voice. I don't know why, but it is. I'm up here. Who is it? God. Wow. What should I do? Let go of the branch. Is anybody else up there? You know, even when we get the deep, booming voice of God, we don't want to do what he says, do we? It's, it's something, you know. There's another piece of scripture we frequently look at here at Connection. It's uh, Philippians, um, Philippians 4, verse 6. Let me find it here. And here's what we find in 4, verse 6. It's part of our to-do list here at Connection Church. It says this. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Pray about everything, we're told. Talk to God. Listen to God. Prayer doesn't mean, okay, God, here I am with my wish list. Check, 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 check. Did you get all that? And did you hear exactly how I wanted you to bring it about? That's often what we do when we pray, right? We tell God what we want and exactly how we want God to deliver it. Think about this. You've got how many ears? Two. Yeah, good. And how many mouths? One. Think about the ratio of how much we should listen to how much we should talk, and that includes prayer. Because prayer isn't just talking to God, but even more so, it's trying to listen to where God is leading us, what God would have us do, what God would, how God would direct us. There's another challenge we have with prayer. It's that when we pray, we feel like God's not listening, that there's just a deaf ear, that God doesn't hear, that our prayers are just, they land at the ceiling, and that's about it. And that's really hard. I mean, I know I felt this. Am I, anybody else kind of felt like that? That God just doesn't hear. God, God, God isn't listening. And so it, it feels like we're just praying for nothing. Well, we would actually disagree with that because God wants to hear from us. God always answers prayer, always. But our challenge is this. The answer is not always the yes in the time frame that we want. The yes is not always there. There was a book published boy, several years ago now, quite a few years ago now, by a guy named Bill Hybels. He is the senior pastor of a large church out in Chicago. The book is called Too Busy Not to Pray. And in that book, Hybels offers some, some clarity to this prayer dilemma. And, and what he says is that God, 
answers prayer, but basically God generally answers it in one of four ways. And one of the ways God answers prayer is the answer is no. Now, we don't like that when we were hoping for yes. We think God didn't hear us. Uh, that's like us with each other, too. When, when it's not the answer we wanted, we think that you were, no, no. The answer Wait a was, minute, let me check again. <laughs> the answer is no, and, and that's a challenge when that's not what we want to hear, especially if we were praying for something important, especially if we were praying for something that was going to make a difference, if, especially if we were praying like something having to do with somebody's health. And, and it's not always a suffrage prayer. Oftentimes it's a prayer on behalf of somebody else. But think about this. Have you ever prayed for something and it didn't happen or you didn't get it and when and and and, and later on you were so thankful that you did not get the prayer get what you asked for in that prayer Is there an amen to that one Yeah Amen to that You know God has a much bigger picture than we do I think of it kind of like a, maybe like a big puzzle. And, and we got this one little piece down in the corner here, but God gets to see the whole thing. And, and, and with our little tiny piece, we have no idea how everything fits together, but God does. And so God is able to judge when no is a better or more appropriate answer than anything else for what we're asking. Sometimes the answer might be slow slow. You know, we just need to slow down. The timing isn't quite right. We may have received um, a promise, but God is not going to give us that. It won't come into being quite yet. And that's really, really hard to understand because we want something and God says, you know, the desires of your heart will be, you know, taken care of by me, but not yet. Just not yet. And um, so we just need to go slow. And that takes an incredible amount of patience when it's slow. Mm. Uh, So we got no, we've got slow. Sometimes the answer God gives us is you've got to grow. (laughs) You know, you're not quite ready for what you're requesting. You're not quite mature enough for what you're asking for. Perhaps it's a faith thing. Maybe your faith needs to grow wider and deeper and uh, before you're ready for whatever it is, the request that you're making. Or perhaps it's some other kind of maturity that needs to take place. Whatever the reason, the answer here isn't no, but God isn't going to give you what you want until you're truly ready to receive it. Remember the old saying, all things in God's time... <laughs> Not my time. And oftentimes God's time is different. And part of it is because we need to grow. We need to be mature enough to handle whatever it is that we're asking for. I personally find this one really hard because when it's uh, you need to grow, that's a pruning. That's like clipping my wings or stepping on my toes. And God says, you know what? I just need to teach you a thing or two right now. I'm like, oh, no, this is going to hurt. Ultimately, though, um, to come to see God and know God in a new way, a different way, a way that um, is important for me. And so sometimes this grow is very, very important in our, in our lives so that we can have a deeper understanding. So we've got no, slow, grow. The next answer is the one we want, and it is go. 
We love it when it's go, because that's a big yes from God, and, and our prayers are answered. And um, it seems that the timing is right, and we know in the scripture that we read in Matthew that God really does want to give us all good things. But the problem is, for us, we think we know what the good things are and when they should happen for us and for others. But God is, is the author and creator of the universe and every living being in it. That's you and that's me. And so it's, it's all in God's timing, God's plan. But it sure does feel sweet when it's a big yes, when the prayers are answered. So we had some fun with the Magic 8-Ball today, and I'm sure as kids we had some fun with it. Um, but, wow, the truth is we got something so much better than the Magic 8-Ball, don't we? Thank the Lord. You know, we've got a Father in heaven who loves us, who cares for us, who wants to give us good things. The scripture earlier, gives, if you have an earthly father who wouldn't give you a snake when you ask for a fish and all that, just how much better your God in heaven wants to care for you and give you things when you're ready, give you things that you need, give you things that are going to flourish, help you flourish, not, um, not be um, uh, beaten up, so to speak, who loves you, cares for you, wants what's best. So much so that he's willing to sacrifice his only son so that we might share eternity with him. That's how much God loves us. You know, we have a Savior who listens to our requests and, and, and only gives us what we're ready for. Uh, only gives us what's good for us. We have the Holy Spirit who guides us and allows us to tap in to God's power. God's power, we can't even imagine how great it is, and yet we are allowed to tap into it through God's Holy Spirit. Isn't that just awesome? Absolutely awesome. And nothing is greater than that power. Nothing is greater than God's power. And so today we've had a a lesson that really isn't rocket science. It's about prayer, which is foundational. Those of us who claim to be followers of Christ without prayer, it's really not there. It's all about following the word of God. And so first of all, we've got to know what God says. We need to read the scripture. We need to study, be in a small group, um, do devotion. And then when we're seeking answers, when we're praying about things that are just so heavy or about certain directions in our lives, we've got to know what God says and then see who God is. If we get some kind of an answer or a leading, lay that upon that which we know of God, God's activity in history our experience of God, our personal experience of God, or those around us who we trust. Is that what we see, you know, around us? And then we need to use our brains, our, use reason. God gives us um, brains. And so those of us who are followers of Christ, um, this is the model that we, we can use to, to check things out, to make sure that it's really God's leading in our lives, because it is very confusing at times when we don't hear or we hear something different than, you know, we just wonder, who is God? You know, is God really speaking? Is that God's message? 
Now, there are those of us in this room who are, are um, maybe trying to figure out who God is in the first place. And uh, we don't need a magic eight ball to let you know that even if Christ isn't your Savior, we can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that you are a child of God. And that God loves you more than you love yourself and more than anybody else on this earth loves you. And that um, you are safe giving your life to God because God will never lead you a wrong way. And so you might have a question like, well, uh, I want to have a relationship with God. How do I even do that? It's a simple prayer. Jesus be the leader of my life. I'm sorry for those things I've done. I can't imagine that you would ever love me or accept me. But you did by dying on the cross for me. Come into my life. That would be a good starting point for those who are wondering what a whole relationship is all about. And then if you don't have a Bible... That's the next place to go, to get the Bible. And Pastor Lori will be out at guest services. If you need a Bible, she'll give you one, show you where to start, you know, give you some tools with that. We hope that you'll take advantage of that time and, and to get a Bible. We also have an opportunity to pray today in your seats, on your knees at the steps, back in the prayer corner. Bruce is back there. would love to pray with you. We do not need a magic eight ball. We have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior who will guide us and never send us the wrong way. We do not need to lean on our understanding, but trust the perfect and holy Son of God. That is the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, we do walk by faith and not by sight, but it's not easy. And some of us feel like we our faith meter is really, really low. So in those cases, Lord, give, give a nudge to any, uh, anybody in this place who feels empty and depleted. Give them a nudge, Lord, that they can sense and feel your presence in some way here today. And God, if there's anybody here who questions if you even exist, let them feel some love, the peace that passes all understanding. And those in this room who claim you as Lord and Savior, Lord, um, that doesn't mean that our struggles are over at all, but minister to everybody in this place. God, we thank you that you forever reign. You are on the throne, the author and creator of life, who was, is, and will be forever. So we pray all of this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with thanksgiving and praise. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, 
please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.